Please listen carefully. Psych Essentials is a show about learning psychiatry. It's fun and educational, but should not be taken as medical advice or opinion. So kick back and try not to worry about those glaring ego deficits. We like you anyway. sounds of these cool beads. What did you say? Let's go inside. Sounds quieter in here. Wow. Well, I'm certainly excited to be at Burning Man with you. I love Burning Man. Thanks for getting us passes. No problem. We're, uh, we're at the medical tent here, and man, I have seen a lot of people, and they are looking for some help. Yes, agreed. So uh, take off that desert scarf, put on your toxicology hat, because we are diving in to substance use. Substance use is an often tested area for students, and it's especially important to be able to recognize intoxication and withdrawal syndromes of various drugs, which is what we're going to be mostly focusing on today. It can be really easy to get caught up in the weeds of trying to remember every single drug's intoxication and withdrawal syndrome. And so avoid doing that because it is tedious. We're going to try to think about substance intoxication withdrawal syndromes much more broadly and conceptually. I tend to think of six major groups of drugs, stimulants, sedatives, opioids, hallucinogens, cannabinoids, and then dissociative drugs. Okay. And they each have the effects because they alter the function of various neurotransmitters or, or receptors. And the most common there would be like dopamine, GABA, norepinephrine, or muopioid, and the, the kind of serotonin. So a lot of these, again, like don't get in super in the weeds in each specific one, but we'll go through group by group and talk on some major themes. And so, like I said, so the focus of today's episode is on recognizing these syndromes. And in our next episode on substance use, we'll talk more about treatment. So we will not discuss treatment today. All of these classes have standard intoxication effects. So the intoxications will look like one thing. And then the withdrawal is really going to look like the opposite of that. Some of them overlap and it can be easy to get them mixed up. So especially you think about people taking different amounts or mixing different drugs on top of each other. It can be really hard to get a clear sense of, oh, this one thing is going on because maybe it's lots of things. Absolutely. In real life, keep a pretty broad differential if you're thinking of somebody walking into the emergency room with any substance use. But for now, let's jump into the cases and let's assume that for today... All of these cases are going to involve some substance. And again, we'll pretend that they've used one substance for the time being. All right. So who's first up in the medical tent at Burning Man? I want to tell you about this woman that we have right now. She's 21 years old. She was in a sort of a college dance party and she has a lot of nausea. She's pretty confused. She's having trouble walking. I would say that she's ataxic. She's like slurring her words together. She seems like kind of drowsy, like kind of tired. It's hard to talk with her. And, and I was noticing even when I was first seeing her that she's breathing really slowly. I counted for a whole minute and I counted eight breaths. That's the other things I noticed. I saw that her pupils look pretty normal. They were reactive. So listener, what drug intoxication is this? If you said sedatives, you are correct. 
sedatives include things like alcohol, benzos, barbiturates, or GABA agonists like Zolpidem. And, which is a sleep medication. Which is a sleep medication, yeah. And so sedatives work by increasing GABA. In general, sedatives present, in terms of their to- intoxication syndrome, with significant sedation, like we saw with our 21-year-old woman. They can present with ataxia, so stumbling around, nausea, vomiting, decreased breathing rate, and then potentially coma and even death if the patient really has a significant overdose on the particular sedative, whether it be alcohol or bur- or benzos or barbiturates. And you might have some experience with this particular intoxication syndrome, just given how common alcohol use is, especially on college campuses. Mm-hmm. So these things are depressants. So they're they're causing a decrease. They're acting on GABA, and they're really hitting that pretty hard, and they're causing everything to slow down. Right. One important thing to note here is that the pupils of a person who's intoxicated on a sedative are normal and reactive to light. So you will not see pinpoint pupils, which is a, a bit of a buzzword that you can see on tests. And we'll talk in a little bit more detail about pinpoint pupils in a different drug category. If this is causing this kind of stumbling, nausea, slow breathing kind of thing, what's the withdrawal look like? Remember, the withdrawal syndrome is usually the opposite of the intoxication syndrome. So sedative withdrawal causes overactivity of the stimulatory transmitters that were suppressed by the alcohol or benzos or whatever initially. So you'll see an acute bump in transmitters like norepinephrine, dopamine, serotonin, etc. Now, is that dangerous? Yes. So sedative withdrawal is dangerous and potentially life-threatening. Some of the symptoms of this withdrawal syndrome include tremors, headache, agitation and anxiety, nausea, vomiting, autonomic instability, so uh, tachycardia, really high blood pressure, fever, seizures, delirium, and possibly death. That's pretty serious. And that often occurs in stages, right? So you see initial symptoms, maybe that start a few hours in, and then the seizures can happen more like 24 hours in, and then hallucination over the next couple of days, and then the delirium tremens, which is this autonomic plus the delirium. Right. And that particular withdrawal syndrome you're talking about, James, is most specific to alcohol. Mm-hmm. in terms of kind of having those specific time frames. Okay, let's transition to the next case. All right. The next guy I've got here, this is a 35-year-old man. He came in and, man, his mental state was all over. He also looked really tired, and he actually kind of looked like the first woman in that he was breathing really slowly. Actually, for him, I counted six breaths in a minute. Um, he was really tired. He was really hard to, to rouse when I was sort of shaking his shoulder. When he did finally open his eyes, in contrast, his eyes looked really small. His pupils were, I would say, pinpoint. All right. So, listener, what drug intoxication is this? If you said opioids, you are correct. So opioids work on the mu opioid receptors in the central nervous system. And some common opioids that you might be familiar with are heroin, morphine, oxycodone, hydromorphone, also probably better known as Dilaudid, methadone. So this is a combination of both prescribed or legal opioids and 
illegal substances. Exactly. Exactly. And the intoxication syndrome at first glance can look an awful lot like a sedative intoxication syndrome in that you can see that somnolence, sedation, respiratory depression. But the one thing that is especially unique about this particular intoxication syndrome is the pinpoint pupils that you mentioned. I also think of opioid receptors in other areas. I mean, you have your pupillary constriction and you also have constipation, which is a really classic one. You're slowing down your Mm -hmm. GI motility. Exactly. So when I think pinpoint pupils and I think opioids, this is how I remember it. Opioids, if you write that word out, lowercase letters, has two eyes with little dots, just like pinpoint pupils. Love it. So if that's intoxication, what does withdrawal look like? Withdrawal, first and foremost, it is important to note that the withdrawal syndrome here is not life-threatening, unlike sedatives, although it's pretty unpleasant. Really unpleasant. Some of the symptoms that people will often complain about are anxiety, insomnia, decreased appetite, diaphoresis, dilated pupils, piloerection. Which means? Which means goosebumps. Yeah, your hair is standing on end. Yeah. (laughs) Stomach cramps, nausea, runny nose, just kind of like everything's kind of runny. Muscles are achy, kind of like a flu-like syndrome. All of the things that were stopped before, like constipation, not tearing, you are now the opposite of those things. It is flowing, exactly. These are flowing. This particular withdrawal syndrome generally lasts about three to five days on average, but of course each particular person is unique in terms of how long they will experience symptoms. Okay. I've got another guy in the queue here. This is a 30-year-old guy. Oh, man, this guy is really restless. He's pacing in line. He's, like, just rubbing his hands all over, and he's just, like, really anxious. He's really, like, kind of keyed up. seeming really paranoid because he keeps, like, looking around him and seeing, like, who the other people are and what's going on. When I finally got into the triage section, I noticed that he was pretty tachycardic. His heart rate was in the 130s and he was hypertensive with a blood pressure of 180 over 120. He said he took some drug at a party earlier, but he wasn't exactly sure what it was. All right. So listener, what drug intoxication is this? If you said stimulant, you are correct. Stimulants, pretty commonly known drugs like cocaine, methamphetamine, general amphetamines, more commonly known as speed, and stimulants cause an increase in norepinephrine and dopamine in the central nervous system. The intoxication syndrome is kind of most well known for causing sympathetic activation, so that's why you see the tachycardia, hypertension, pupillary dilation, and potentially cardiac arrhythmias. It can also be associated with euphoria, hyperalertness, kind of not really needing to sleep at all, having kind of prolonged attention and wakefulness, low appetite, and it can also cause psychotic symptoms as well. So kind of classically, you'll see paranoia and possibly some auditory hallucinations. People look really up. They look up. They're pacing, they're doing things, they're checking, they're looking around. And it can feel like euphoria, and it can also be a little edgier than euphoria, especially when they come in to get medical help. Definitely. So then what's the withdrawal look like? If you think about withdrawal being the opposite of the intoxication, kind of what goes up must come down. And so they go from this place of being 
kind of high, euphoric, really overly alert to becoming very tired, very hungry, dysphoric, irritable, low energy. It's kind of this crash from this place of up. You have just dumped all of these happy norepinephrine dopamine into your synapses and then... And then you are left with none. You're left with none. That's a sad place to be. Sure sounds like it. And the withdrawal syndrome for stimulants typically lasts about two to three days, but is pretty variable. Okay. Now that we know what that guy is on, I have another person here. 22-year-old guy. He was also pretty ramped up and he also seemed kind of altered. This guy, though, he was kind of shouting and he kept saying something about like seeing demons and it was really freaking him out. And he kept like using his hands to push at the air and things around him. And his friends brought him in because they said he was running all over the place and he seemed like he was going to hurt himself. By the time I got him in triage, he also was pretty tachycardic. He had a pretty high heart rate. And I noticed that actually his pupils were a little bit dilated as well. Listener, what drug intoxication is this? If you said hallucinogens, you are correct. So hallucinogens includes drugs like LSD, psilocybin, um, better known as psychedelic mushrooms, MDMA or ecstasy, and mescaline, among probably many other psychedelic drugs. The symptoms that you'll see in the intoxication syndrome for hallucinogens is caused by excessive serotonin activity in the rafe nucleus. And interestingly, dopamine is not affected. So it makes it a little bit different than our stimulant class. They often present with really profound psychotic symptoms. So uh, very vivid visual hallucinations, uh, perceptual distortions, synesthesia, where you're kind of mixing your senses, like you're hearing colors and seeing sounds. And in addition to kind of these perceptual changes, you'll also have some autonomic overactivity as well. So you'll see the tachycardia, sweating, pupillary dilation. Is there much withdrawal that you tend to think of? There's actually really no withdrawal syndrome that's been clearly documented, so not so much. The symptoms tend to fade. Yeah, kind of slowly over time, yeah. Okay. Now, I saw that guy, and then I saw this other guy. This is a 45-year-old guy, and he was brought in by a couple other people because he was also really agitated. In fact, he kept trying to fight with people, and he kept swinging at them. Now, again, this is going to sound familiar because he was tachycardic, also pretty hypertensive. I didn't notice any changes in his pupils, but... I did see some nystagmus when he was looking kind of side to side, and he also said that he had taken something. All right, listener, what drug syndrome is this? If you guessed dissociatives, you are correct. And this particular syndrome is very suggestive of PCP. The nystagmus that James is describing is a buzzword that often shows up on tests. So dissociative class also includes ketamine, and it works on a bunch of different receptors, actually. It's kind of a complicated mechanism of action. Now, when you're thinking about this, I, they, this sounds pretty familiar to the hallucinogens above. I tend to think of psychosis, seeing things that aren't quite there, like this kind of visual hallucinations as being more hallucinogens, and then the agitated, like... I could lift up a car right now as being a little more, at least classically associated with PCP. Yeah, I 
totally agree. I think that's a really helpful way to think about them if you're trying to, you know, you're reading these stems on a test and trying to figure it out or seeing the patients at Burning Man either. So the intoxication with PCP looks like what again? So you can see dissociative symptoms. It is the dissociative class. So you can have depersonalization. So that means? That means that you feel like you're outside of your body or that somehow you aren't real. You can also have derealization in which you feel like the surroundings around you are not real. You can see stupor at very high doses and you can also see pretty prominent agitation with PCP and potentially ketamine as well. Nystagmus is very common with PCP and you can also see the autonomic hyperactivity, so tachycardia, hypertension, and fever. Okay. What about withdrawal? So sort of similar to the stimulant class where what comes up must come down. You'll see dysphoria, depression, irritability, very low energy, and restlessness. Hmm. Okay. So kind of just general crankiness. Mm. So the last person in our line is a 28-year-old woman, and she seems pretty nervous. She, she's, like, talking a lot, um, but she's, like, kind of talking slowly, and she's, like, moving kind of slowly. Her friends think that she's, like, kind of having a bad trip, and she said she took something. She has these really weird thoughts, though, and uh, seems to think that people are, are after her. People are, like, following her. I did notice that when on, on exam that her vitals were okay, her mouth was pretty dry, and I also noticed that both of her eyes looked pretty red, or I guess I would say just bilateral conjunctival injection. All right, listeners. So what drug syndrome is this? If you guessed cannabinoids, you are correct. And that this one's kind of a tricky one, I think. The cannabinoid class includes marijuana, hashish, and synthetic cannabinoids like spice and K2. And the intoxication syndrome is kind of as the case presents. You'll see some anxiety sometimes. You can see paranoia and psychotic symptoms, especially with the synthetic cannabinoids. You'll also notice that some people become euphoric. They get the munchies, so their appetite is increased. They'll have more difficulty concentrating and kind of stringing thoughts together. They might be moving more slowly and their perception of time might be somewhat altered as well. It feels like time is slowed down. And you'll also see conjunctival um, injection and, and dry mouth as well. It's kind of a mishmash of symptoms, isn't it? Yeah, it is a little bit. I guess I tend to think classically of, of cannabis causing people to be slowed down and relaxed and on a couch and eating Cheetos. And I think that can be the case, but I have also seen some of these cannabinoids leading to looking a lot more like psychosis. Yeah, right. There's actually some interesting YouTube videos of people on synthetic cannabinoids that are kind of frightening. The withdrawal syndrome for cannabinoids, I think, is a little bit harder to think of as as exactly the opposite of the intoxication syndrome. But in general, you can see irritability, insomnia, low appetite and concentration problems. And this withdrawal syndrome can actually last weeks because the cannabinoids will get into your fat storage. And so it can take a long time for it to get fully out of your system. Mm hmm. And again, this is not every cannabis use every time. No. All right. 
So let's do a lightning round buzz phrase game. You ready? Yes. Pinpoint pupils. Opioids. Nystagmus. PCP. Visual hallucinations. Hallucinogens. Well, that was straightforward. Seizures during withdrawal. Sedatives. Like? Alcohol, benzos, barbiturates. Okay. Somebody withdrawing that has muscle aches, muscle cramps, diarrhea, and goosebumps. I say opioids. Well done. Awesome. There are lots of drugs out there. You don't have to memorize each single one. But what we're trying to emphasize is the general effects of the whole classes. And that oftentimes, although not always, but oftentimes the withdrawal kind of looks like the opposite of the intoxication. I do think that these are easier to conceptualize when you have seen someone who is using them. Yeah. So I recommend spending some time in the emergency room or Burning Man or both. Both, preferably. Fair enough. So stay tuned for next episode when we're going to be talking about the treatment of substance use. In the meanwhile, thank you so much for listening. Please check out our website, which is www.psychessentials.org. You can follow us on Twitter. We're at Psych Essentials. We're also on Facebook, Psych Essentials. You can check us out on iTunes where you can rate, comment, and share Psych Essentials. I want to give a special shout out to Mr. PDX for the lovely review on iTunes. If you'd like to be featured, leave us a comment. Thank you, Mr. PDX. Much appreciated. You can also check out our music by Javier Suarez off his album, Tumbling Dishes. There's always a link on our website. As usual, people, places, details were changed or fictionalized to protect confidentiality. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time. Till next time. Bye.